Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean, who is once again in Eau Claire, but this time permanently after moving again. I heard uh, through some great sources here at Green and Gold Forever that Matt might actually be moving uh, to every city in the western part of Wisconsin uh, before it's all said and done, but we'll have to uh, talk to him to confirm that. Big news this past weekend, of course, that's rocked Packer Nation, is that those pesky Minnesota Vikings have once again claimed one of our beloved Green Bay Packers as their own, as Greg Jennings is now heading out west to join the Minnesota Vikings. Most of our show will be about that. We'll talk some other things about Packers free agency. And due to uh, Matt's internet not quite being set up, he's joining us on the phone today. So we're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated show. We're going to table our what if and uh, crossfire segments uh, to our next episode. Matt, um, I guess you're probably just as shocked as I was that he did sign with the Vikings. I know that was kind of in the rumor mill for quite some time now. But I guess what was your first reaction when you heard that news? Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I was pretty shocked too, and I I wasn't shocked that Minnesota offered him the deal because they they seem to do that with everybody who leaves the Packers. But I was more you know surprised that he actually did take it, and I guess a little bit of shock at first, even though I think we kind of saw it coming. But then I think a little bit of anger too. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked about this on the show numerous times, and you know how you leave a team and everything, and where you go. And I don't know who else was offering him contracts, so I, I, mean, I don't want to take out all my frustrations on him, but it, it is kind of hard to see somebody uh, who, you know, I know you're a huge fan of and that we've loved for so long and just go to a team where you can't even root for him anymore because he's a rival. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the details are he's getting about $9 million a year from the Vikings over five seasons. He's going to get $18 million in guarantees up front. Uh, the rumor that came out today was that the Packers had offered him, uh, the quote was recently, $8 million a year, and he turned it down, and also that they offered him an $11 million, uh, a year deal during the season last year that he also wow. turned down back when he was looking for about $15 million. Somebody has to wonder what the heck he was thinking when he thought he was going to yeah. get $15 million a year. <laughs> but, uh, that, I don't yeah, know I'm kind of surprised to even get... Yeah, I, I, I know, it, it's hard to really say that... Well, eight million and nine million sound close, but really that's a difference of a million dollars in over five years. I mean, that's a difference in five million dollars. Yeah. So that 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 is a big difference, and you have to take that into consideration. But I don't know. It just seems with like with his personality and uh, how he built his legacy here, it's it's just hard to see him go to the Vikings. It's really like almost anywhere else, obviously besides maybe Chicago, and it would be okay. But it's just this just kind of happens time and time again where they just snatch up these players and. Yeah, I I don't know if you've heard anything about other teams offering him any deals Not really. um, at all either. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is what he was limited to, and when he sees that he's going to be getting five million more over the life of the contract from Minnesota, which I think is kind of a bloated contract to begin with mm-hmm. um, for somebody as old as he is. So I guess I'm I'm frustrated that he went there, but I mean I guess I can understand it a little bit. Yeah, and it really hurts, like you said, that he built his legacy here. And I texted you right after we got the news that, great, now the Super Bowl 45 highlights aren't going to be fun to watch until, like, 2025. Um, Real quick, I did the numbers. Greg Jennings, his all-time Packer rankings, even only being... 
30 years old. He's 7th all-time on the team in receptions. He's 7th all-time in receiving yards, 5th all-time in receiving touchdowns. He's the all-time leader in playoff receptions, 3rd all-time in playoff receiving yards, uh, 2nd behind Antonio Freeman for playoff receiving touchdowns, and one of only three Packers to score multiple touchdowns in a Super Bowl, joining Max McGee and Antonio Freeman. Wow. So he definitely had quite a career for the Green Bay Packers in the time that he was here. And uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where if he has enough time where he could do just as much with the Vikings that he did here. Um, and I, I guess I don't know how to react to it. I was much more angry this past weekend than I was now, uh, especially at the Vikings. And it just – one of the things that I, I heard – kind of in the lead-up to the Greg Jennings signing was that uh, Dennis Krause, who, of course, is a people are familiar with if you're in tune with sports coverage here in Wisconsin, he had mentioned that if he was Greg Jennings, he would look at what happened to Donald Driver when he left and how much Donald Driver was loved by the Packer fans and that Greg Jennings had the potential to have an even better career in Green Bay than Donald Driver mm-hmm. had, and if he walked away, the kind of treatment Donald Driver gets will never be for Greg Jennings, and it's gone forever. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at a guy like Freeman, who played, what, eight years, and only one was in Philadelphia, and he lost all of that. Now a lot of people still think he's a pre-Madonna. And I I don't know, maybe that's not worth $5 million, but something tells me that when he's 50, it might be worth that much if he's taking care of his money. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when you look back on it, I think it definitely will be something that he'll regret because you can go to any other team and still keep your legacy with the Packers, even if you don't re-sign here. Yes, he had the, the chance to stay here and, and create you know an enormous legacy and be a Packer all-time great and mm-hmm. somewhere around the region of where Donald Driver retired at. But even if you go somewhere else that's not Minnesota or Chicago, mm-hmm. he still keeps that legacy as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so by siding for the little bit extra in Minnesota, you're pretty much completely wiping that out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they take that into consideration when they're thinking about the deals at all, but I, I know there will be a lot of Packer fans that still love him. He, I'm kind of curious to see the reaction he gets when he comes back. But there are a lot of Packer fans that are also furious as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really do kind of wipe out all that positive that you built up through your career, and you kind of wonder if it's worth the money at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, look at a guy like James Lofton who went to Buffalo, and it's like he never went there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still don't think he's in the – there's the, the separate class that are the Packers for life where Don Hudson goes and Bart Starr goes and Willie Davis goes. I mean, that and Donald Driver goes. I mean, that's for those guys. There's still a second tier where you can be with Reggie White and you could be with, with guy, James Lofton and guys like that mm-hmm. that played, uh, Jim Taylor that played most of their career here are still seen by people across the country as Green Bay Packers. But Brett Favre might have been the most popular Packer since Vince Lombardi and it probably wasn't even close. And yeah. he destroyed a 16 year legacy in two seasons with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg Jennings doesn't have close to the Packer credentials that Brett Favre has. Uh, I mean, and we'll see. And I think you brought up a really good point about how some Packer fans are furious. And I've read conflicting things. And and every time a a player leaves a town and you get the fans all uproar, you always read very different articles uh, online, or at least I do, where you have the, the camp that is 
you should be loyal to your team and the other camp like, hey, chill out, everybody, it's a business. And I don't know what your reaction is, but my reaction is this. Greg Jennings is 100% in the right for taking the money, and I don't blame him the least bit, but the fans who want to hate them are 100% in his right, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I kind of feel like a little bit in both camps. I think, all, like you said, all weekend and after I heard about the signing, I was... I was pretty mad, and now I'm kind of trying to think about it a little bit more rationally. You know, it's a difference in money. I mean, you, you do have to take those things into consideration above emotion a little bit sometimes because it is a business, and we see that, you know, if, if Ted Thompson is going to treat it that strictly that way, then these players should be allowed to do the same thing as well. Yeah. Um, if they if they can cut veterans, uh, just release them. You know, when they get one year past their prime, then I think players should be able to sign wherever they want to if it's worth an extra million dollars a season as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like what you said about Brett's absolutely true, and I something like Craig Jennings. You know, if we wouldn't have have won a Super Bowl and him being a big storyline in that, and him being in all the clips, mm-hmm. uh, dancing around on the sidelines, he, he might be sort of forgotten. You know, down the road, he'd be a Mon Green, except not quite as good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, he could be right in that class too. I think the fact that we won a Super Bowl with him being a large part of it still helps his legacy down the road a little bit, but. Definitely wiping out a lot of it. You see, we see where Brett is now, and you know, and like you said, Jennings isn't nearly as popular as he was. You know, Brett being probably not just popular Packers, but one of the most popular players since the Lombardi era in yeah. general, and kind of destroyed some of that too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're wiping out your whole history here with the team, and you know, he's he's got to try to hope to kind of build that back up in Minnesota in only a, a few years here before he gets too old to produce anymore. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's going to be really hard because, uh, I mean, the Vikings are going to look great next year with balls flying over the heads of wide-open receivers <laughs> yeah. as opposed to cl- tightly covered ones with Greg Jennings now in town. Yeah, I mean, with no quarterback there, it's kind of, I don't know, I, it was nice for them to have Percy Harvin, a guy they could just, you know, hand the ball off to and just dump it off to in the flats. Jennings isn't really that type of a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's athletic in his own rights, but he's still he's more of a slot receiver than I think that type of a I don't even know what you would call Percy Harvin, really, uh, almost like a like a wishbone, like a yeah, type guy. I like to, he's like a hybrid offensive player. He's kind of like Randall Cobb, you know, where he can do more things for your offense than Jennings. Maybe he's not as good as a receiver, but he can do more to produce than Jennings can. Yeah, and it's easier to get the ball in his hands, where Ponder's actually going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he did make some big throws last year, and, and not our not as many as you would like as a if you're a Vikings fan, but I think Jennings definitely helps that offense a lot. But really, you lose Harvin and you gain Jennings as your offense really that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I guess maybe the, an actual receiving target down the field helps him a little bit, but I don't think it's really that big of a boost, you know, considering subtracting one and adding the other. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And it, it feels like another thing where they're just trying to mess with us and like. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if I said it on the show. I know we had this kind of as a crossfire topic, but I, I had joked about it in the past, but I think I definitely mean it now where I hate the Vikings so much that I just want them to move and rename the team and <laughs> take the history with them so it's like Oilers fans who have to watch Tennessee claim all their greats like Earl Campbell. I want to have that. I was like, on on Saturday night, I was like, let's do whatever you have to do. Sign Chris Carter to a one-day contract. Call up John <laughs> Randall. Like, get them all. I don't care. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, too, but it seems like there's such a difference between Packers fans Bears fans are, are are loyal. They cheer for 
their their team, no matter what. But it seems like Vikings fans are always, at least the ones that I've known, are more cheer against the Packers than they do cheer for the, the Vikings. Totally. I mean, I've known Vikings fans that will watch the Packer games instead and just root against them just to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. And it seems, it's, it seems like they run their team almost that exact same <laughs> way. It's like, oh, who cares if we win? Let's just get old Brett Favre and sign Greg Jennings and Ryan Longwell. And they were even looking at Brian Urlacher this past oh, week. I mean, He's not going to bring really anything to your team either, but it's just like they're pulling these players away from division rivals and mm-hmm. almost just like, well, we're not going to win a Super Bowl. At least we can piss off the other teams in our division a little bit and make their fans angry at us or something. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's almost bizarre how they run their team. They almost feel like that fan that, like, like a friend you had who was like a, proclaimed to be a fan of football but really didn't watch it that carefully so they're just like oh yeah brett Favre, he's good or erlacher yeah i've heard of him we need to sign him like just anybody Mm -hmm. that you know they've heard of actually on the news that's the guy that we got to have on our team whether or not they're good or not right yeah it's almost like how you and i are with nba (laughs) we don't know that many (laughs) players so if we were running a team it's like oh yeah i've heard of that guy let's let's take him it's (laughs) It's kind of bizarre. It is kind of bizarre. I mean, they really run their team a little bit different than any other team does. Uh, I, and it hasn't paid off for them so far. So. Yeah, well, I hope Greg Jennings enjoys all the boat rides over there. <laughs> Lake Minnetonka, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, to bring it back on this side of the border, um, another quiet Packers offseason where the Packers may as well be a CFL team with how active they've been this offseason. Another huge blow this weekend, of course, was Tom Crabtree leaving to Tampa Bay. He leaves behind just as big a legacy as Greg Jennings, 75th all-time in Packers receiving yards, 83rd in career receptions. So that's wow. going to be that's going to be tough for old Tom. That's Crabtree. actually almost a little higher than I thought it would be. I know. I was hoping it'd be like in the hundreds, but you know, I guess. Uh, if you're here for multiple seasons, you probably leapfrog quite a few people. Yeah, um, it, it is kind of sad, though. I mean, he was just a role player, but he made a lot of big plays for us, and he was fun to watch, and just kind of this goony, gangly tight end who always seemed to he was like that fake punt last year. I mean, only Crabtree would do that, it seems like. Yeah. So it, it'll be it'll be a little sad, but, I mean, they have so many tight ends. They really had to let a couple of them kind of walk and go wherever. I, I think he was a good player, and he was a good role player, but... Definitely not a Jennings blow, but it, it, I think it is a slight loss. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with that. And I guess real quick before we, we transition into that, uh, speaking of tight ends, still talk about what's going to happen with Jermichael Finley. Uh, I guess what are your opinions on that? Uh, do they almost have to keep him now? Yeah, I think they do. I think they, they realize that they have to, too. I mean, unless you think that D.J. Williams is ready to step in and be that guy now, um, and I'm sure they would know a lot better than we do. But, I mean, they've got some tight ends on the roster. If you feel that one of them can, can step in and, and be as productive as Finley, then, hey, whatever, let him go. But I I think to bring back a familiar target for Rodgers when you've already lost Jennings, driver's gone, I think is, is pretty crucial at this point. So I guess I would say you have to bring him back. I don't know what the front office is thinking, but I, I would really like to see him back at least for another year uh, to kind of at least transition into whoever you're bringing in next to, to help on that offense. Well, and I think you almost have to just for the sake of Otherwise, your three big targets are really essentially three flashes in the pan. You have mm-hmm. James Jones, who has been was consistent forever, but you know never led the NFL in touchdowns like he did last year. Uh, Jordy with what a, a thirteen hundred yard season the, in 2011. Other parts of his career last year due to injury, the years before due to just not getting 
open or enough playing time or whatever, his one big season, half his career production is probably in 2011. And then yeah. Randall Cobb, do you really trust that he's as good as he played last year once people start actually focusing on him? I mean, I think you almost need that workload shared between those four guys who really have a lot to prove as far as their their worth year in, year out. Yeah, I mean, there's some giant holes out there right now, especially at receiver. You bring those three guys in, yeah, but who who's after that? They absolutely have to draft somebody. They've shown that they're probably not going to sign anybody, and I don't really know who's left out there in terms of wide receivers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they got to bring somebody in, if, especially if you get rid of Finley. You have better addressed that in some way. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. They, they might have to go off heavy in the draft this year, even though we desperately need some defense, too. Well, and that brings us to the point of old Ted sitting on his hands, and we'll have to yeah. talk about this a little bit. I don't know if I remarked it on the show. I may have, but the, the phrase that I had been saying to you in private was that this season we'll find out if Ted Thompson has a personnel philosophy or if it's a personnel religion. And it mm-hmm. seems to be a little bit of the latter. And I, I, I have never been that frustrated with the way Ted does business, except this year I'm very frustrated. And I just can't understand what he is seeing right now. You see Atlanta added Steven Jackson, and you have San Francisco adding people like on offense and defense. They might even add Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. Percy Harvin's going to Seattle. You have even lesser teams like... Well, obviously, Greg Jennings to the Vikings. I mean, even things like the Lions adding a guy like Reggie Bush, who, who knows, could be very productive in that offense. You, you right. just These are all teams that are direct competitors, and the Packers are doing nothing. And if they legitimately think, they're not, and I'm, I'm not asking them to be the 2011 Eagles. I'm asking, maybe talk to Brent Grimes. Maybe <laughs> think about talking to Chris Gamble or something. You're not going to find anybody in the draft who's as good as some of these over-the-hill free agents. Like, And uh, I don't know, I haven't been uh, super keeping track. I know Ed Reed is getting close to re-signing with the Ravens. I don't know what's happening with Harrison. But even for one year, certainly nobody you get in the draft is going to be as good as any of those guys in 2013. And so I guess I'll let you say what your your frustration is. But to me... It's one of two things. Either Ted is ridiculously married to this idea of draft and develop that he won't even consider signing any free agents, or he's subtly admitting that this team is not going to be good enough to compete with the real powerhouses in the NFC this year, so why not start that rebuilding process and just hope for the best this year? Because honestly, you're either getting better or you're getting worse in the NFL, in my opinion, and this team right now, with the losses they've sustained this offseason, can't even say that they're as good as the team was last year, who at best was the fourth best team in the conference. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I, one of the things I heard a lot about was the Stephen Jackson thing. A lot of people were mad that we didn't get him. I, I wasn't really too thrilled about getting Stephen Jackson, I guess, personally, but a guy like Reggie Bush out there I thought would have been a good addition. I mean, that's not something that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, just in the, the larger scheme of things, I I agree. It's like you would think they would at least sign, if you're not going to sign a marquee guy, you would think they would at least sign one or two, you know, kind of fill-in-holes kind of guys. But it, it's... It's almost like he's trying to prove his points. Like, I'm, I told people I wasn't going to sign free agents, so I'm not going to sign any at all, yeah. uh, just to show how awesome I am at drafting. And it's it's almost strange, because like you said, we're definitely getting worse. I'm not going to say that the team next year doesn't have any chance to be better than the one this year, but really, it looks like we're getting worse. Mm-hmm. And the team last year wasn't really anything too impressive anyways. So, 
uh, to not address anything, even if you're not going to sign free agents. Take a look at, yeah, like you said, Seattle getting Percy Harvin. Other teams are trading around pieces to get better. We are at a point where we can compete with the other NFC elite teams, but mm-hmm. we have got to get better as, as we keep going backwards and these other teams keep getting forward. The gap is going to keep getting bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. and eventually we're not going to be competing with these teams anymore, and we'll be fighting for playoff spots and, mm-hmm. and not you know, locking up the division and um, towards the end of the season and it, fighting for wild cards. It, it's I don't know. I don't like the road that we're on right now. I hate to be so um, quick to judge this, but I don't know. I just I don't see what they can do. You can draft players. Even if you have a good draft this year, you still have a ton of holes because not all these players are going to step in and be starters right away either. You might not see the benefits till two or three years down the road. Yeah, Um, and and, and it's continually. It feels like when, you know, being a fan of the Brewers in like the mid 2000s where it's just like hey these guys are going to be great in three years it's like yeah but I have to watch three years of horrible baseball before we even find out if it was a good move and Mm -hmm. I mean the thing that worries me Rodgers is 30 this year so we're going to draft and develop and draft and develop and by the time we have an awesome defense let's let's say Ted hits with all of his draft picks which by the way this puts a ridiculous amount of stress on him to make all of his picks count which is a lot harder to do than people think. I mean, let's say he hits the jackpot and gets Clay Matthews again in the first round. Well, Clay wasn't as good as, you know, even uh, over the hill messed up James Harrison was better than 2009 Clay Matthews was. And yep. it's just, I, I just feel like their offseason uh, personnel idea was, hey, Aaron, do you think you can throw 80 touchdowns this year? Yeah. Yeah, because really at this point, the holes that are on the team are going to remain holes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you might hit on a first-rounder who can play right away, but other than that, the rest of these holes are all going to be holes still during the season mm-hmm. because they've let all of the marquee free agents go already. Yeah. They're pretty much all signed somewhere. So really, this team is this team really going into the season, and that's an even bigger load on Aaron Rodgers with a poor offensive line in front of him. Um, just all-around poor defense. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you expect this team to to be a Super Bowl contender when they weren't good enough last year and they seem to be even worse now. Yeah, and, and I guess finishing the point that I kind of aborted there was if you're continually in this draft and develop, it's okay when Aaron Rodgers is 25 because by the time mm-hmm. you get good, Aaron Rodgers is in his prime. If you're trying to start over from 2008 again or from 2006 again, by the time you are good again, you have 35-year-old Aaron Rodgers or 34-year-old Aaron Rodgers and it's just, I, I don't expect him to not be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I very, very much doubt that he's going to be the 2011-2012 productivity level Aaron Rodgers for, at most, three more years. I think it's a really scary thought for Packer fans everywhere. I, I mean, it's something that I think about a lot, that we could potentially be wasting a majority of this guy's career. I mean, he's got the potential to be one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. But if we can't put anything around him, his career could be here and gone in a flash. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, this guy's 30 already. It seems like his career just started. Yeah. And he could come and go with one Super Bowl, uh, a lot of first-round defeats in the postseason, uh, maybe a lot of passing records, but he, yeah. you know, really only to have that to show about it. That's a pretty scary thought. We already played that game the last two decades. I wanted something yeah. different about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, Ted's got to do what he's got to do, and he's he that philosophy has certainly won a Super Bowl, but 
New England adds key free agents every single year, and they've played in seven of the last 13 AFC Championship games. So mm-hmm. I, I think can't you have some balance? I mean, we we talked about I that. Mean, in a team last that was, yeah, a team that's in the Super Bowl is building. San Francisco still adding pieces, and they were there last year. Mm-hmm. And you know they still understand that where they need to get better. They had holes, and they've already addressed most of them too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, teams that are already at the top getting better too. Well, and it feels like the the free agency thing is kind of ignored. And I mean, you get a couple of teams that win the Super Bowl by building through the draft, such as as the Packers, and I guess primarily the Ravens last year. Other than you know, Anquan Bolden was a pretty big part, but they drafted most of the guys they have. And yeah, and then all you hear is that forever, like oh, you gotta go through the draft. And then of course that ignores San Francisco, who was primarily built last year through free agency <laughs> and a lot of other teams. It, it feels like that is, um, uh, it, it's like the old thing with the momentum going into the playoffs or preseason doesn't matter. You have one team like the Lions who sweep the preseason and then suck in the regular season, lose all their games. Or a team like the uh, Packers who rest their guys one day and then get, you know, beat in the first round of the playoffs, ignoring all of the 2009 Saints and teams like that who have done it successfully using that method. Um, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, I think the Saints are a great example of that. I mean, they pretty much built their entire team through free agency. Yeah, I, I, some, those receivers they drafted, but Drew Brees, mm-hmm. obviously the biggest part, pretty much that whole secondary and defense. I think. And then Bill, they rested uh, their Har- starters in December and then won the Super Bowl. So they're the ultimate. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I guess <laughs> they go against all of the conventional wisdom rules that you hear people talk about, like uh, Herm Edwards and Merrill Hodge and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's this time of year is always very frustrating to be a Packer fan, and especially, I don't know, hopefully they can get Lacey in the draft and maybe buoy my spirits a little bit, thinking that maybe this team is, has got a chance to do something special, but then, I don't know. When that schedule comes out, I have a feeling that I'm going <laughs> to... I already know the opponents, but as soon as I actually see it in writing that we have three straight weeks where we play... You know, home to the Falcons, at the Ravens, at the Giants. Um, I might lose mm-hmm. a little bit of faith in the 2013 Packers beyond what I already have. Yeah, it's uh, it, it seems kind of bleak at this point. I, I, we can't complain, I guess, too much. I mean, at least we're not one of these teams that goes out and signs uh, Danelle Ellerbeats for <laughs> like a yeah. an eight million dollar a year deal. I mean, at least we're not in that boat. But I guess that's we're better where we are now. I mean, we had a pretty good season last year. I, this team is still going to be good. Um, I guess you know any team has a chance at any time, and I know that's a bad thing to rest your hat on is <laughs> just hoping that your team is the one that gets lucky or gets hot. But I, yeah. I mean, at least we're still a good team. That's true. Well, never fear though, because it's not like Ted had done nothing. Because this past weekend, while Greg Jennings was making all the headlines, the Packers, with an equally impressive counter move. Retained AJ Hawk for another three years. Wow! Restructured I, I his deal for 2015. So I mean, he'll probably yeah. restructure again next year. I mean, he'll be down to 14 bucks a year by uh, 2015, <laughs> but we'll see. And I know a lot of people wanted him gone, and I did too at first. But if you're not going to make any moves to replace him, you can't let him go. Yeah. So I mean, really, I think he he really had to do that. As much as I think he's a, a pretty average linebacker, if you're not going to bring in anybody to replace him, then you can't just let a guy like that walk who is a, a decent starting linebacker. Well, he's one of the longest tenured guys on the team, too. Without a doubt, he's probably a team leader, and you just lost Jennings, Driver, and Woodson. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, imagine going to work tomorrow and three quarters of your management staff has been replaced. I mean, even if you still have some very uh, effective hands in there, it's going to really kind of change the dynamic of what you are. Right. All right. Well, I guess uh, stay tuned with the Packers and everything. We don't really have a, a cheery note to end this with. <laughs> um, it, it's it's kind of a frustrating time to be a Packer fan. I guess we can say in Ted we trust, but we don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. All right, so with that, we're going to call it quits for this edition of Green and Gold Forever. I want to thank Matt for uh, putting up with being on the telephone and, and whatnot, and hopefully his Internet gets fixed pretty soon. And uh, how do you like the new digs out in Eau Claire? Oh, it's pretty sweet. Like you said, I'm, I'm just trying out every city here and seeing which <laughs> one I like most to, to, to wind up in. But, yeah, it's, it's a really nice city and uh, found a pretty nice place to live, so I can't complain. All right, well, good deal. With that, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, join us in a couple of weeks. We'll have another show. Uh, send us your what-if topics. We have a, a couple in the queue, but we can always use more that we'll get to throughout the offseason. And I think it's time we did another Crossfire segment. So if you have any little topics that may or may not be related to the Green Bay Packers but are somehow related to NFL football, let us know. And Matt and I will, will put that in our queue and uh, debate those as well. So for Matt out in Eau Claire, I'm Eric and Oshkosh. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, take care, everyone.